Hey, friends, it's Dr. Rob McClellan. If you want to level up your life by getting around the right type of people and masterminds, then of course, you're going to go to the success finder and you're going to talk to my friend, Brenda Straza. But everybody says things like this, right? I have been out of the country with this guy. I've been up all night with this guy. We have been uh, putting our heads together. We have been uh, planning things for the future. This guy is winner, winner, chicken dinner. You have to listen to the mastermind effect. It's a great podcast. Remember, Dr. Rob hooked you up because I'm the one who told you. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everyone. Today, we've got the founder of LeaderTribe.com and StreamlinePodcast.com, Dr. Rob McClellan. Dr. Rob gets into why we need to get into knowing how to build a good partnership. Rob talks about knowing how to find the right person to ask the right question and why you should only hire nines and tens. Check it out. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show where you know, I believe, the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, we have got my good friend, the founder of LeaderTribe.com and StreamlinePodcast.com. Coincidentally, who edits and produces my podcast out there, Dr. Rob McClellan. Rob, welcome to the show, man. Brandon, what is up? So great to be with you, not only on the friendship level, but yes. I absolutely love what you're doing. Uh, ever since I heard about Success Finder, I saw the incredible interview you did with Steve Sims and uh, kudos, bro. It's a, it's a game changer and uh, excited for you. Yeah, thanks. No, no, no. You guys, uh, you guys are a big part of that. You're a big part of my life, just uh, you and your partners individually, and then you as a, as a company. I mean, the podcast wouldn't be able to do what it does and reach the people that it does without you guys' services. And uh, so anyone ever looking for the right podcasting guys that I know, like, and trust, you got to head on over there. It'll be in the show notes below. But real quick, when the listeners realize all the value that you're bringing today and they want to reach out and you know, it could be just to work with you one-on-one because you do that. Mm-hmm. It could be to work with the podcasting company. You've got several different branches of the Robster. I What's do. the best way for them to reach out and connect with you? The only email address that I guarantee people I will respond to, not a VA, not one of my teams, something else, is rob at leadertribe.com. And so no matter what it is, go ahead and send it through there. And then I might respond with a different email address. And that's just the way that I organize things. But I will do everything I can to serve any of your listeners and to help any way I can. And when I say reach out to them, I genuinely mean that because the people that come on the show, I've built a friendship, a relationship. I've worked with them in some form of capacity to make sure that those are the result leaders. I love thought leaders, but my six-year-old has a thought. You know, doesn't mean I'm going to go follow him into battle. <laughs> Rob helps when it comes to getting the results, when it comes to activating, you know, what you can become. And so as we're at the beginning of the show, I like to start out with this. If someone comes to you, what is your superpower? So they know like, holy, holy crud, like this is why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, clarity and discernment. So with me, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Papa age. I'm Papa Rob to my grandkids. I'm 60 years old. 
Uh, I've led the largest leadership development firm in the world. I've been around leaders. My PhDs in leadership, blah, blah, blah. And all God's people said, who cares? But what I bring to the table is when somebody's sitting in front of me, they get all of me. And the first thing I'm doing is even as they're telling their story, in my mind, I'm starting to put things in different categories. And so the first time they take a break, I'm saying, just for clarity, for my sake, and then I start uh, putting things into categories and clarifying, and they're like, oh, my goodness, I've never thought of it like that. So I think having that experience and just the discernment and clarity to get to the real issue or that real barrier that's keeping you from getting those results, that's my superpower. Yeah, clarity is an interesting thing. You know, there's, there's someone that uh, that I work with closely and that's been on the show, and 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 they talk about certainty, clarity. And then the third one, all of a sudden, oh, collapsing time and Mm -hmm. the order that you need to go into. And I think clarity is something that we can all struggle with, especially depending on who we surround ourselves with. My greatest clarity came when I started surrounding myself with the right people that I could Mm -hmm. serve and they could serve me. It was a symbiotic Mm -hmm. relationship. Why do you feel clarity is, is such a difficult thing for us? Is it because we don't define what's important to us? We don't define success. We don't sit there and like actually write it out. Why is clarity a difficult realm to go into? I was successful and didn't have clarity, but when I did, all of a sudden I redefined my success. So what is it about Mm -hmm. clarity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. With clarity, what happens is your decisiveness goes way up. Your ability to, to know this is number one. This is the first thing that I have to solve skyrockets. And so why people avoid clarity is because clarity makes you actually, it's, it's almost like uh, at, as of this point, it's going to be an A-B decision, right? We're not going to do this. We are going to do this. And so with clarity, when you don't have clarity, all options are still on the table. I'm not going to offend anybody. I can still be a people pleaser. Once we have clarity and we say, these are the four things that have to be done. This has to be the first one. Here's why. Now, anything in the world that gets in the way of accomplishing that number one, uh, we're going to demolish it. It's not going to stand there because you have to get that done. Well, now all of a sudden people say, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing that. Well, why are you doing this? What about because all other options are off the table. And so we don't want to get to clarity because we might offend somebody and all of our options are gone. At the same time, when you do the feeling that comes from that kind of progress, there's nothing like it in the world. Yeah, it's like it gives you your unbreakables. If this happens, if this Mm -hmm. person comes in front of me, if this scenario, if this, then that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this is this is my unbreakables. I, I I don't even have to think about it. You don't have to waste, you know, a t- time vampire's space in your head. You get to move on. And here's one of the cool things, everybody. And I didn't realize this. Your anxiety levels just go down. You, Absolutely true. You, 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 it's like a sh- like pounds weight is just you know, it is just lifted off of you because you're like, oh, you don't go after the shiny object. You don't go after this thing. You just, you, you release all this weight, all this pressure because you get clarity. And when you work with someone like Dr. Rob, he helps navigate to get to where you want to go. He knows where you're at. He knows where you want to go. And the clarity pieces that come in between on that. Yeah, on that anxiety piece, you nailed it. Stanford uh, University research, uh, what they found is, okay, you got 10 things to do today. You start doing some of them. Other things get piled on. At the end of the day, you feel worse about yourself thinking I worked all day. Now, it was on other people's agendas. We're we're not even going to go there because you were looking at email all day. But uh, you worked all day and you feel worse about yourself. They said, if it doesn't matter if you have 20 things to do. 
If you can identify for sure, what is your number one? What is your number two? And all you get done is one, two and half of three. You sleep better. All the anxiety is gone. It's like, I didn't get squat done today, but the time I did spend it was on what was very most important to my life. Those people have far less anxiety than the people who try to work on everything. Now, I, w- I want to throw something in there because you and I, we, we build, we create, we partner. And I think the partnerships is the key thing in there Absolutely. as well. So partnering with the right people. Because I have, mm-hmm. I, I can't speak for Rob, I've partnered with the wrong people. <laughs> Yeah, it's like More it's like times dating. than I would like to know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like dating. Guess what? We're not always going to pick the right person. You know, we look at, you know, we look at the pretty pony at the at the start of the race and like, maybe I shouldn't have gone for that one. But that being the case is 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 when you go down that you you find that right partnership, having a foundation, why some of the things that Rob does, why some of the things that I do is. I've built a foundation to where like when we decide to take a calculated risk, we decide to start something new, streamlined podcast, the success finder, the different things, no matter where we are in our age point, we already have a foundation that allows us to take some of that anxiety away. So I don't want people just to sit there and think, hey, I need to go do a moonshot. I need a hockey stick, you know, trajectory. Mm -hmm. Having a foundation, it might not be sexy, I've got to imagine some of your foundation and Don's foundation. Don is his his significant other, his his beautiful bride, is is because you had built a foundation along the way. Tell me what it was like and, and why it's important to build that foundation. Yeah, I tell people uh, Don and I have the uh, happiest marriage I know, and that's actually true. Uh, so many people tell us that, like, you guys have the greatest marriage I've ever seen, and then they're shocked to know. Well, we've been to marriage counseling five or six times. Probably should have been 10 or 12, but the male ego is only good for about once every five years. So we've been married over 35 years. That foundation to us, we have decided what's important, what's not. And so partnerships, uh, like you said, yeah, I've been in bed with the wrong partners uh, in business, and that is just brutal. However, I don't make that mistake anymore. And really, to me, it is, can I trust this guy with my life? And so when anytime somebody partners with me, and you can ask any of the streamlined co-founders, they have Rob's famous come to Jesus meeting is what it's called. And it is, uh, hey, guys, if I can't trust you, I will not partner with you. I have to be able to look you in the eye and you know, I will never shaft you. I will never once in my life make a decision that's better financially for me, but worse financially for you. That will never happen. Now, if you can look me in the eye and give me that same thing and we can say, okay, what does that mean and define it? Then we're good. Now we can get on with life. And then what I do is say, have, have your, lawyer, your, your lawyer write it up. I'll sign it. I don't even need to read it. Uh, I said, because it's not about that piece of paper. What it is to me is, will you look me in the eye and say, as a person in my life, Rob, I will never shaft you. Let's go make money together. And then let's go, because now I don't have to worry about that other person. They make crazy decisions that I think that's the worst decision I've ever heard. Ends up it was the right decision. And I was the crazy one. But when you trust each other, it's fun. You get to have go through that discovery process. Yeah, really do. You, you really do. And it's, it's, it's being able to, I say, see it, touch it, feel it. You can feel yeah. that, that, absolutely. you know, you, you can feel what someone is, is bringing on and, and you do, you have three amazing 
completely different. The four of you, if you look at it, like are completely different in, in so many different aspects, but you're all honest totally true. winners and, 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 and you come together. Like yeah. unity makes you stronger because yeah. what one person doesn't have, the other person brings. And I know yeah. we're going on the, the ride no, no, and the streamline podcast guys, but it, it's the foundation that has allowed you at 60. Now, Rob doesn't look 60. We'll say he's like, you know, 58 and a half. I'm just giving him a hard time, but it's that foundation that allowed you at 5960 to go and build another company. Like right. who does that? Well, and I've got several more left in me and we'll do it with the streamline guys. I believe the oldest one of them is 32. Uh, I know the youngest is 24 or 25. Uh, I, that's Kevin. I mean, he looks 30 because he's always in camo and hiding behind his beard, but he's the genius of our group. One of the things we do, any three of us can outvote the fourth one. And so I've made a hard and fast decision, gone on vacation for a week, came back, they changed my decision. And I said, hey, they said, yeah, we outvoted you while you were on vacation. I'm like, what? Come on. And they're like, yeah, it, you would have made a really bad decision. And then how it plays out, I'm like, yeah, they were right. And so yeah. it's fun when you trust each other. Yeah, that's a, that's that's amazing. Let's let's shift gears a little bit, kind of rewind. You know, when, when you and I were younger... It was textbooks, teachers, the people around us, coworkers, family, friends. But that's literally a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Yeah, today, I would never, ever, ever once go to a textbook to start my learning journey. And you're talking to somebody who was the uh, dean of a university campus, head of an MBA program, and has a PhD. So I, that tells you all you need. Uh, what I want to know right now is whatever it is that I need to learn, who knows that out there that I can get to because I know them or somebody that I trust knows them. And because they know that person, they will trust me because I don't even know the right questions to ask. But I can get so much further. I can get 10 days of studying done in one 45-minute conversation if it's with the right person. So that uh, today, networking is the life. And what unfortunately what we do is we network with anybody instead of the right people. Yeah. And that that's the big one is is knowing who to network with. If you if you are the smartest person in the room, <laughs> you, you are in the wrong room. You are in the wrong room. Like I want to be like bottom five of the barrel in there. And absolutely. And, and, and here's the thing I'm gonna tell you, it is going to make you feel uncomfortable. It is going like and now I can only I guess I should only speak for me. I was in a room last week. And I wasn't the smartest person in the room. And I was just like, I'm in the right place. Now, did I sit there? I'm like, wait, how do I not understand this concept? You know, and like, I have to be like, can you re-explain it in a different way? Yes. When you get invited to those rooms, ask the questions. Mm -hmm. Like they know probably where you're at. And if not, they'll figure that out pretty quickly. But be engaged. Ask the questions. Just don't sit on the sideline. If you're sitting on the sideline, you're not helping anyone. And there's probably a good chance when you ask that question, someone else is like, oh, whew, like, I had the same question, maybe just a little bit differently. And you've opened up for people to be vulnerable. I was amazed yeah. when when some of the, the leaders in this room started becoming vulnerable. I'm like, oh, you felt that too. Like That's beautiful, uh, Brandon. And it's uh, exactly uh, the right thing to do when you ask questions, even if you think, oh man, they're not very good questions. The person who has that knowledge is going like, wow, okay, good question. Um, I wish I would have asked that when I was at your stage. And so they've asked those questions, but to hear them from somebody else, now they know this person's worth investing in. If you're sitting there as a bump on a log, they're like, I'm sorry, why was that person here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the amount of information that you and I can take in, anybody can take in anymore. To me, it is 
it's overwhelming. Some people, they learn from textbooks, um, online courses, masterminds, accountability groups. There's a lot of different ways to learn. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you connect with them? And the reason I, I, I ask that is so many people are like, oh, I, can't, I can't gain access to Dr. Rob. I can't gain access to Steve Sims. And the reality is that's not true. But how did you connect with who you're learning from now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very intentional. Uh, let me give you one small example that I hope for you, for your listeners, and for SuccessFinder will be a magic example and will help people. The lights will come on. It was at a, a Jeff Walker event. Uh, Jeff Walker is the guy who does product launch formula. He's known out there everywhere by all of the biggies online as the guy when it comes to launching a product online. So Jeff Walker is Jeff Walker. He hangs out with all the uh, Michael Hyatt's and all the Jordan Harbinger's all the way up. Okay. Jeff Walker, super well-respected. I go to his event and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is really, really good information. Uh, There's 2,000 people in the room. That might be exaggerating, but there was over 1,000. And so I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to take this great information and actually see it come to fruition in my life, see it actually turn into something awesome? I'm going to have to surround myself with like-minded people. So here's what I did. It was in a big airport hotel. In the lobby of that hotel was a Starbucks. I would get up early. I would go down. I would put my AirPods in and sit at a table in the Starbucks. But I wouldn't be playing any music. I would be listening to the conversations of the people in line. And as these people were having conversations, I would go, oh, my goodness, that chick is so sharp. You know, she's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. And so I would just kind of write down real quick what she's wearing, what she looks like. And she's talking with two or three other people, but she was the one who stood out. Okay, then it's 10 minutes later, I hear this other conversation. I hear this. And then I went and stalked them. Over the next two days, I would go up and I'd say, hey, I'd like to introduce myself. Uh, My name's Dr. Rob, just Rob, but online I'm Dr. Rob and I, I do have the doctorate. Um, I listened to a conversation you were involved in in line in Starbucks, and you said this, this, this. And so I already know you're a really sharp person. I think I do okay as well. I'm loving what we're learning here, but I'm going to put together a mastermind of people who really want to get around other sharp people and uh, to see this thing go to the next level. And so I don't know if you would be interested, but I think you're the kind of person who would fit right in. And every single person I asked out of the six all said yes, ends up they're the head e-commerce person in the entire country of Norway, a medical doctor, Stanford trained medical doctor who was switching fields and going into somebody online, a person who for the number one leadership guru stuff out there is working to make all of their social media better and more consumable. These were the people who were in that group. So we called it circle mastermind because we were the first around the circle. And uh, that mastermind stayed active for probably two and a half years. Okay. So what do I do? I seek out who I need. Sometimes I'm not even sure who I need, but if I find nines or tens, they will either be the person I need or they will point me in the right direction. Wow. And, and nines or tens. Now I've heard a little bit about this and I, everyone usually is like, oh, scale, you know, one to five, one to 10. Give us a little bit about your one to your nines and tens, why you yeah. only surround yourself with nines and tens. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm famous for saying that. Uh, and here's how I say it. Uh, I hire nines and tens. And if somebody's at 8.5 and they've got super good people skills and a long, great track record, 
I'll give them to my competitor because I hire nines and tens. And so uh, Jack, uh, even uh, John Maxwell, when I said that, he's kind of like, whoa, okay, you're kind of stuck on yourself there, aren't you? And I said, you wait and see the team that we build. You tell me, you know, that type of thing. And so where that came from was some Harvard Business Review research. It was back in the time when all these people on Wall Street were making a gazillion dollars, specifically different fund managers. Well, as soon as a fund manager has got it going on and they're hot, Every other investment bank on Wall Street is trying to recruit that guy. Hey, come on over from uh, Citibank and join us over here, you know, at Wells Fargo or whatever it is. And so they're always trying to do that. And they said, when is it that the people will not go? When is it that that the money doesn't matter? They will stay. Uh, This uh, firm did the research. Here's what they found out. Nines and tens know that they're nines and tens. If you're somebody at the top of your heap, you know that you're okay. It doesn't matter if the whole economy collapses. You believe that you are hireable. You will get a job. It might not be the best one. But nines and tens, they know they're sharp. And so what they do since they're sharp is they're always sort of looking around and saying, who's paying more? What's the best opportunity? Because they can access those opportunities. And they keep looking around until one thing happens. And when I read this, it changed everything for me. That one thing, as soon as they find themselves surrounded with other nines and tens, Then they stop looking around, their head goes down, and they go, these are my people. And even if you offer them more money, they're not going to leave because they want to be with other people who are going to be winners and spur them on to love and good deeds. So I read this research, and I decided at that moment, I'm hiring nines and tens. Well, that sounds really good, but I went back to my team, and i like, "Uh, yeah, but I got a bunch of sixes here. What am I going to do with those? And I started this journey that ended up three years, one month later, it had been over a year since anybody had even left our firm, even one person. On average, 22% per year, just normal turnover. But we had guys coming and telling their wives, hey, I got a big job. We're moving to Omaha. And the wives are saying, hey, the kids and I are going to miss you because I'm not leaving, you know, that type of thing. And we built an unbelievable team. Once we had that team, we could pay. Overall, what we did is we reduced our payroll by about 35%. Because when you have outstanding people, you don't need as many people. And then those people we spoiled to death and did a bunch of other things that uh, kept it going. So since then, I know it works. And that's why even with my business partners, uh, Kevin, Carl, Hans, nines and tens, right? I mean, uh, I'm lucky to breathe the air that they breathe. But you you work with winners and it's a game changer. Let me ask you this. For anyone that doesn't feel that they're, you know, they haven't gotten to that confidence level or they haven't built up to a nine or ten. Mm-hmm. What 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 is a simple process that they're like, well, gosh, if they're only taking nines and tens and I'm a six or seven, you know, it depends mm-hmm. on how someone sees themselves and mm-hmm. where Certainly. what reality mm-hmm. is. What what is a what is a one process, not the whole process, mm-hmm. for them to be able to start leveling themselves up, up leveling where they're currently at so they can get to that? Yeah. First, I, I want to give a disclaimer, and I do believe that people can move up, but they can't move all the way up. I believe if if you're a six, probably the highest you can go is an eight, uh, maybe up two and a half. But here's the problem. If you're a six and they're treating you like a five, why aren't you an eight? Uh, You know, go, go get the money. It's up there. And so what you have to do is saying, here's who I happen to be. Uh, I am a nine, but I'm kind of operating at a six and a half, seven level. You know that. Uh, you know that there's more out there that you could be better. Number one thing is take 100% full responsibility for your decisions. 
Uh, are you going to get up at 6 a.m. tomorrow? Then get up at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, or don't tell me that you're going to. Uh, and so it's doing what you say you will do and taking responsibility for your own life. There's no blaming in my organization. There's no like, well, this person said and they didn't come through. No, it's I take full responsibility for what happened. That's on me. What can I do to make it right? And when you take full responsibility for your own life, your number automatically starts going up and you start. That's one of the reasons I love 75 hard. There's no excuses. You either did the work or you didn't do the work. And if you didn't do the work and it's day 74, great, start over. <laughs> because, I mean, the guys at the level, the Steve Sims, the Brandons, people like that, who I love, if they tell you they will do something, they're going to come through for you. And so I'm famous for saying, if I tell you I'll do something and it doesn't happen, when they find my body, it will be pointed in your direction. Yeah. And and let's, let's kind of stay in that realm. You know, when it comes to coaching, masterminds, mentorship, mm-hmm. um, online courses, it's it's a real it's it's a large industry. The self-education is over 50 billion and over the next 5-10 years it's going to grow to 100 to 150 billion. That's you you you're starting to see a shift between standard education, college, university and self-education and what you're able to accomplish depending on what you want to do. You know, I sit there and say, "Hey, if my son wants to be a doctor, nurse, engineer, uh, if he's operating on me, I really want him to have that piece of paper, but if he's got, you know, sales, you know, other areas, there's there's other ways to learn, you know, on the job training in the real field. And I see with this growing industry, everyone's like, well, I'm a coach. I'm an expert. I'm a guru. I don't think anyone really should go with the guru thing. You know, I just kind of, I chuckle at that yeah. one. John Maxwell does, but not many other people. Well, I, okay. And I'm okay. I'm going to take that one back. John Maxwell. Okay. Yes. So with, with no, he always says uh, he's introduced as the world's leading leadership guru. And I thought, you know what? He's earned it. So yeah, if he wants he to has. go with that, right. good for I, him. I, I stand corrected. I see that there's more and more people coming into this world and saying, well, I can be a coach. I can be a money mindset coach. I can be mm-hmm. a, since you have a podcast, I can be a podcasting coach. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about accountability. And, and to me, I hear transfer of risk, a doctor that prescribes a medication to his patient, but not to his own family, a politician that will send other children off to war, but make sure that, you know, Timmy doesn't have to go off to war transfer of risk. How do you, have you ever been in a situation where you've seen the risk transferred the accountability, you know, they, they remove themselves from being unaccountable and how do people avoid that? That's one of the reasons why we're building the success finder, you know, is, is to keep that from happening and keeping that, mm-hmm. that risk being transferred. You and I, if, if we step in that hole at this point in our career, it's not intentional, but we're able to still overcome that someone mm-hmm. earlier in the career that steps in that landmine isn't going to have the same opportunity that maybe you and I currently have. Mm-hmm. How, how have you seen the transfer of risk when it comes to masterminds and, and, and coaching? And how do people look out for that? Have you ever been in a situation where you've been faced with that before? Um, I have several times. Everybody talks a good game, and then it's time to actually do the work, and you want to see the results. And, uh, and so they say, well, I've helped eight people become seven-figure earners. And say, well, great. Give me their names. Let me call them. And then you call them and say, did this person help you? And they're like, that was the worst investment I ever made. They worked with me when this other stuff happened, but no, they had nothing to do with it. And so that's one thing that today it is free to call yourself a coach. You don't need a business license to call yourself a coach. When coaching first came out, my uh, PhD dissertation is the 11th one done ever in the field of executive coaching. So it was brand new. And it was right when everyone was starting to call themselves a coach. 
And so I'm looking at uh, what this guy has a four-step process. This guy has a 17-step process. This guy, what does it take to actually, you have to have these elements or it cannot be considered a coaching interaction. That was part of my PhD research. The other is what is the difference between coaching and counseling and mentoring? Because at that time, you have all of these counselors, and they've got their master's degree in counseling, they're counseling, 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 and they're getting $60 an hour, and some guy comes along, calls himself the coach, and they're getting $150 an hour, and the counselors wanted in on that. So counselors automatically, the next day, all became coaches, but what they were doing is coaching you out of your pathologies more than anything else. And so it really is, uh, Brandon, back to, to your specific question. The people in life who have taken that risk themselves and they have the scars to prove it and they will show you the way. And uh, we were talking about Steve Sims earlier. I think both you and I know he's the real deal. Uh, And you can shut the F up if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to listen to him, he'll tell you that. And he's not trying to prove anything to anybody. And that's the ones who are still trying to prove something to somebody that get me a little bit nervous at this point. Uh, again, I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone. Talk to my clients. If we're great, great. I'm going to be expensive. But I, what I do when I work with uh, companies is I go in, I sit down with the CFO and I say, look, I'm expensive. I know I'm expensive. You know exactly how much money you're going to earn as a result of me being here. If you don't make at least 3x the amount that you pay me or save 3x the amount that you pay me, then I beg you, I beg you to let me give you your money back. And I say that every time. And they're like, why would you say that? And I'm like, because I don't advertise. Uh, I, you know what? If I'm one for one, I got to advertise with everyone else. I don't care about getting a gig. I care about results for the clients. And if my clients don't get results, they shouldn't pay me. And I would hate myself. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like They're able to see actionable real results as it's happening. And then exponentially as time goes on. Right. You, know, you know, to me, you know, Rob, you, you sat there and you're like, you know, I'm expensive. But to me, that's an investment. Absolutely. And, and, and the biggest investment that you can ever do above the stock market, above the housing market, above crypto is yourself. All three of those right there. I'm in all of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I continue to learn, but I can't control those. I literally can't do a thing about that. The thing I can do is, is myself. If I invest mm-hmm. in myself and in essence, I invest in Dr. Rob, then, you know, I look to see what the outcome is. What should people expect when they enter your reality and work with you on what the outcomes will be? What should they expect? Yeah, first thing they should expect is that I'm going to look them in the eye. I don't look aside. I don't say, okay, what about this? And then turn to my computer and then tap some things, look back at them and tap some things. I'm going to look them in the eye and I'm going to say, who are you really? Let's figure out if this even is a good fit. Uh, for you and I, because if we're going to trust each other, we're going to war together and I will kill for you, but I need to know that you're in this to win it. You're not just saying, oh, as soon as it gets hard, I'm out type of thing. And so the first thing they're going to do is enter into this robster zone, which is uh, uh, something that uh, is authentic and real and vulnerable and saying, uh, how bad do you really want to do this? Are you committed to this? If I sense that there's a go ahead and there's an affinity with me, Then we begin to say, okay, there are a thousand things we could work on. And you say, no, here's the one thing I want to do, but that might not be the one thing. Let's talk about it. But maybe there's something else causing that, that it doesn't matter if we just put a Band-Aid on it or make the scab go away for it. It's going to be under the skin. And so let's start to have those conversations and we go from there. Yeah. 
You know, I think they're success stories. And we hear you, you talked about it a little bit earlier. You talked about like, hey, you know, I've got seven people I help get to seven figures. And, and, and it is good. I think you should look into the people that they have worked with and they should be willing to sit there and say, hey, you know, typically I would think that you're going to get the best. Like, I'm going to give you five names that are all going to give me raving reviews. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear a success story of someone that you worked with and we, I appreciate anonymity, you know, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they came to you, they were here, they wanted to go here. And what was the outcome because they worked with you? Yeah. Um, It was a leadership team. The one that I'll give you, it was in Dallas Metroplex, uh, home of Brandon Straza uh, down there. And so it was a company, the way this came about, you can't make this stuff up. I get a call from this guy and I'm looking at my phone and I, I answer, you know, like, who's this clown? How did he get my number type thing? I say, hi, who's this? And uh, and he's kind of like, hi, who's this? This guy was playing golf at Pebble Beach, got assigned to a, a, a foursome. He's in a cart with another guy. They start talking about business. That other guy in the cart, as they're talking, here's what the guy says. We have about 250 employees in our firm. Out of those 250 employees, about 200 of them have bonuses that they can hit and get paid more money. Last year, out of the 200 people who had bonuses, all 200 of them met their bonus. Yet we had more revenue, but our company didn't make any more money. The guy sitting in the cart next to him says, well, you need to talk to Rob McClellan. And he's like, I'm sorry, who? What are you talking about? And he goes, Rob McClellan, we had something similar. And he says, well, tell me about your company. It was about 250 employees, blah, blah, blah. It's a company I'd worked with earlier in Atlanta. And so I get this call. I'm on the phone with the guy. And uh, and I say, uh, okay, sir. And uh, just shoot it straight for your listeners. Why I'm on the phone. I said, okay, what's the name of the company? Okay, what's your website? And I'm looking it up while we're on the phone. And as soon as I see the website, I'm going, winner, winner, chicken dinner right here, baby. That's the big deal. And so I'm saying, okay, what's your role? Uh, I'm president and CEO. Okay, is it is it a public company or a private company? It's private. Who owns it? I own 50%. My dad owns 50%. Who makes the decisions? That's about 100% me these days. Uh, my dad does what I want to. Okay, how many direct reports do you have? I have 12, really 13, but 12 ostensibly. Uh, okay. And uh, what are their roles? And so we talk after about 15 minutes, they said, look, sir, um, I can help you, but I'm expensive. And he said these words. See, that's why I hate consultants like you. I'm like, okay, bring it. I said, why is that? He goes, because we've only known each other 15 minutes. You're already saying you can help. me." And I said, okay, uh, may I please interrupt you? He said, sure. And I said, first of all, I'm not a consultant. Secondly, I knew after two minutes, I could help you. The last 13 minutes, I was only pretending to be a good listener. And he started laughing and I started laughing. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, dude, you've got 12 direct reports. I said, the best guy I've ever seen at a super corporate level is Ed Bastian. He's the CEO of Delta Airlines. Ed is unbelievable. That's why he can have five at that level. And I and you've got 12. Let me tell you what's happening in your company. And I started to explain what was happening. Immediately, I'm telling you, you can't make this up, Brandon. Immediately, he goes, who did you talk to? And I said, I didn't talk to anybody. He goes, no, Rob, if we're going to work together, you need to tell me who you talked to. And I said, sir, I have never heard of your company before this conversation. And he says, well, how do you know that? And I said, trust me, I've done this a few thousand times. I know what I'm talking about. And I said, I'll tell you what, how about if I fly to Dallas and uh, you just pay for the the plane ticket? I'll I'll handle everything else. I'll spend an hour with you. 
if we want to work together, let's work together. If not, no big deal. And he said, good. When can you come? We set up a date. I was there the next week. 10 minutes into the conversation, he said, when can we start? Now, fast forward a year and a half later, there are four people. We reorganized his whole company. We got rid of people that he had had on there for 10 years and they, nor their employees, nor their peers, nor the bosses could show me how they had added any value to the company. Yet one guy was making seven figures a year, not adding any value to the, to the company. So they had just done well and just kept things going the whole time. We got the whole thing reorganized so that there are four people at the top of that company. Listen to this. This is very important. Those people at the top, they don't get paid that much unless the company does well. If the company does well, they get unbelievable amounts of money. So for the first time ever in that company's history, people are saying, what's best for the company, not what's best for me and my guys type of thing. It's totally redone the company. There has not been, including in the COVID year, a year that um, profits, not, not, not just revenue, but profits haven't been up double digits. They're killing it. Uh, they think I'm a hero. And I think they're the heroes because they did the hard work they needed to do. So it's that type of thing. Yeah. And, and they listen and implemented. You, you had said something to me once. I called you a few weeks ago on, on something that was going on. And you said, Brandon, I'll never get mad at you if you don't you know, do what I say. But they listened. You know, I always sit there and say, hey, if you're going to ask for advice and then you're just going to completely do the opposite, don't come and always ask me for advice. Mm-hmm. But they listen, they implemented. And and now, you know, if people look at it from an individualistic standpoint or just like the few, it doesn't work out for the many. But if it's good for the if it's good for the overall arching company, the overall arching group, it will trickle back to everybody because the company wins. The people win and mm-hmm. actually people take ownership and pride mm-hmm. in what they're doing. Yeah. And they love their job more and they're making more money. Brandon, one just, uh, this is a little trick I use. I, I don't, wouldn't say everybody should use it, but it's, I will never not use it. So there you go. Uh, I have ch- charged two different companies, different amounts for the exact same project. One of them, I charged $5,000. The other, I charge $60,000 for the exact same work, exact same project. Why'd you do that, Rob? Because the $60,000 company, if I'd only charged them five, they wouldn't have listened to me. And so when I say I'm expensive, I'm, I make them pay as much as it's going to take to get them to listen. And the illustration I use is if I'm going to go with the Bill Gates Foundation, that might not be a, a, a good illustration this week. But if I say, hey, I want to do this project for you, and it's going to cost you $5,000, they're going to say, well, see my secretary's friend's secretary, and maybe we'll talk somewhere. And if I say the exact same project and I say, I'll do this for you, but it's going to cost you $750,000 up front plus expenses. Now, all they're going to say, well, what are we going to get for that? And they will pay attention to you. And when you make the recommendations, exactly where you went, Brent, now they'll listen to you. And I'm not going to tell them recommendations unless I know they're going to you know, better the company. I'm not in it for me. I'm in it to see this company succeed. Yeah. The, the, the trickle, trickle up, trickle down effect is it's, it's amazing. Because they really don't, they feel the company culture change and they don't realize that maybe Dr. Rob had his hand in the cookie jar and he was actually moving some of the pieces around and just helping them see what was right in front of them. The 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 employee satisfaction just rises when, when someone does. comes yeah. in. And, and usually it's the first six months, they do nothing but sing your praises. Dr. Rob, you can't believe it. Dr. Rob, Dr. Rob, Dr. Rob. Uh, eight months later, it's like, you should see what we're doing. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing. And they made that. It's like, Dr. Rob, was he even here? I don't even know that guy. 
And I'm so happy for them at that point because they own it. Yeah. The ripple effect. You're not look, you're not looking like, Hey, I need to have your, your, your signature is on it to where people could be like, Hey, feels like a Dr. Rob. But at the end of the day, you're not looking for the recognition where like, it has no. to be about me because you, you've already built what you've built. You don't need someone to come back and be like, Hey, thanks. I don't, don't know you, but you did this. It's, it's the lasting impact that you're looking hey, for. I've got an unbelievable wife of 35 years. This year, we have lived in four different cities, three months each, because we said, hey, let's go travel. So we wintered in San Diego, good spring in Nashville. Right now it's summer and we are in uh, uh, the mountains of Colorado. Yeah. Who doesn't want my life? We're, we don't even have a ton of money. We gave away 31% of all of our income last year. We're very charitable. We're very generous, but we have so much joy. And so uh, I have, I've got nothing to prove. If you want the Robster, you're going to pay big and he's going to give, I, I will die if I don't get results from my clients. But then to see them say, look what we did, that's the best case scenario. And here's what I think. Someday they'll be in a golf cart. Someone else is going to have a problem. You know, I know where they're going to send them. We'll be good. Yeah, yeah. You'll get that text. You'll be like, how'd you get this phone number? That's right. Yeah, that's a great day. Yeah. My, my favorite example of how did, you know, my wife said, how did he get your phone number was, was Steve Sims when I had barely even met him. And all of a sudden he's texting. I'm like, who the heck is, how did he oh, get I it? I love it. Wow. Steve Sims. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I haven't had that text yet. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm feeling uh, much worse about myself right now. Oh, uh, but everything and more I never wanted to actually do. So I am sorry. Uh, for yeah, that. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, we're both going to be with Steve next week and I look forward to seeing you out there. Yeah, that's, that's going to be amazing. As we come to the end here, I've got a few more questions. Sure. Sometimes in the solo shows, we talk about success and what does it take to be successful? Partnerships, accountability, um, willingness to fail. And on the flip side, willingness to define success. Mm -hmm. And why so many people don't define success is because once they do, they have also defined failure. What do you feel as a key ingredient in building and creating success as it pertains to you? Yeah. Uh, Harvard Business Review, my favorite uh, ever, ever um, issue of Harvard Business Review. It has a, a black cover with a goldfish on it, of all things. And it says uh, four things successful CEOs do differently. They did a study. Here's what they found. In the last 10 years, 25% of all Fortune 500 uh, CEOs had been fired. Fired, like gone, right? So they got it wrong one out of every four times. Well, who's hiring these clowns? Only the boards of directors of Fortune 500 companies, like the smartest people in our nation, right? And they're still getting it wrong 25% of the time. So they do this study and they say, what is it they were hiring for? And then they take whatever those attributes are, and then they project forward and they say, the most successful CEOs that we have are these the attributes that make them successful? And obviously, the answer is no, or they wouldn't have had a Harvard Business Review article. So what they did is they found out, hey, if you are interviewing for a position as a CEO of a Fortune 500, and you're over six feet, and you tend to be outgoing, type A, loquacious type of individual, uh, you talk a good game, and you've had a little bit of success other people, there's about a 27% chance better that you're going to be hired versus somebody else. Okay, great. I have zero problem with that. So now here's what I want to do. I want to say the people who are over six feet that are loquacious or type, type A individuals, and they've had success in their last two things, do, does the record show that those criteria help them be more successful Fortune 500 CEOs? And not one of those equate one bit. 
And so all of a sudden they realized they were hiring for the wrong thing. So they backed up the study and they said, instead of the top 25%, let's just go with the top 10%. What is it that these people are doing over and over and over and over again that they're at the top of the pyramid. And they might not be the biggest companies, but they certainly had the largest PE ratios. I mean, it's easy to measure, you know, which companies are doing great, which ones are not doing great. And they found that there were four things. I will leave your readers with one of them. If they want the others, they can reach out to me at leadertribe.com and I'll send them a copy of the article. Uh, I will sign them up for my weekly newsletter though, which is free. So there you go. Okay, so number one, they are decisive. They're decisive. Here's what they found out. As soon as they have 65 to 70% of the information that they need to make a decision, they go ahead, pull the trigger, and they get their best people around. What it, what's it look like? Okay, it's really looking this way. Are we good with this? Yes, they pull the trigger. Here's what they found, and this is unbelievable. Get this through your thick brain, and you will be a better human being. All of a sudden, it's three weeks later. There were some downstream consequences they had not planned on. All of a sudden, they find out that 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 uh, uh, decision they made was a bad decision. Somebody comes running into the CEO's office and goes, hey, stop the presses, stop the presses. Uh, that, that's not working. We, it, something's going wrong. Look, here's what we're experiencing. And they go like, no, that couldn't be. And they all argue it out and they go like, oh my goodness, yes, that was a bad decision. The very next thing that happens is the CEO steps up to the microphone with all the employees and says, three weeks ago, we made this decision. I announced it right here. It ends up that was a bad decision. We didn't know that. Here's what we discovered. And so we're no longer going to do that. We're Instead, we're going to do this and this. Are there any questions? And the first time you do that, everyone's like, oh, are you kidding me? Come on. What? After you've done it 10 times, they're like, yeah, no, no questions. We're good. Here's what they discovered, Brandon. You cannot fix a no decision. If you have made a decision, you can't fix it. And everybody's waiting and wait. Well, we're not really sure. And a company that makes 100 decision, uh, 100 decisions per month and they get them all correct, my company will crush that company because we're going to make 1,000 decisions per month. We're going to get 900 of them correct. And that other 100, I have the privilege of calling up my clients or somebody else and saying, hey, we ended up making a bad decision. I'm really sorry. I wanted you to hear it from me first. Here's what we discovered. Here's what we're going to do next. Any questions on that? And they are so un blown away that somebody would actually share bad news that they're not like, no, I love you guys. Thanks for being vulnerable. Let me know if there's anything I can do. And they will be with you forever because you shared with them. So be decisive, be decisive, be decisive. You cannot fix a no decision. You can only fix a bad decision. And if you get good at making decisions, you're going to be pretty good. Now, as far as the uh, other three, that's my favorite. I think that one's the best. Uh, they don't have to sign up for my list. Just hit me up at rob at leadertribe.com. Say, don't sign me up on your stinking uh, blog, weekly blog. Just send me the, the article. And I would love to do that. Um, it's just real research. So what does what happens with success? First of all, I'm not afraid to make a decision. I'm a risk taker. You are not going to be a success long term unless you're a risk taker. Yeah. And I, I think it's making strategic moves. You can you can diversify your risk when you've created a foundation. You can diversify your risk and understand the risk you're taking when you surround yourself with the right people. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you have three or four people who go like, no, 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 stupid decision. Don't do that. What about that? You all argue it out. We'll still might do what you wanted, but it will be changed to give it a much better chance of success because you were willing to listen and have healthy conflict. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Two, two left here. Yes, you know, sir. I feel in times of prosperity, 
the winds come in easier. Yes. But in times of, you know, creativity in times of, you know, uh, what's happened over the last 12 to 18 months, I feel ingenuity and creativity, like really when they start feeling the squeeze, like something really comes out of it, magical. Like you really start grinding for something. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? Yeah, we are taking Streamline Podcasts and we're launching four new companies out of it. One of them I am so excited about. I do believe it would be a game changer. It's going to be called Streamline Staffing, Streamline Staffing. This is not a little VA agency or a staffing agency. What we have discovered is because of the way that we do it and the way we build our team, and you and I have talked about that before, we have some unbelievable players on our team around the world. We've got a guy in Colombia, Julian, forget it, stop the presses. The guy is so sharp. Okay, we've got Danny, a young lady in the Philippines. She's sharper in her little finger than I am in my whole body. These are all people who build, instantly build Excel spreadsheets with all the macros built in. And I'm like, I think I learned how to do that in business school. I can't quite remember, you know, that type of thing. So they're super, super sharp people and they kill it for us. So any business decisions we have, we've been saying doing that. And all of a sudden we thought, who else needs a team like this? And so what we're doing together right now, and I've never heard of this done before, is we're putting together six-person teams. Somebody who is unbelievable on the social media side, somebody who is unbelievable on the business side, somebody who knows all the technical part, somebody who, and and every one of these people, the second you say, hey, here's what we're planning to do, every one of them will jump down your throat and go, horrible decision. No, what about this? What about that? They love each other so much. They will bring the truth to the table. They get together and they help you make great decisions. And then it's not when, like, you've made a decision to say, now I have to implement this. They're going to go implement it for you. And so it's going to be a new way of looking at teams, specifically international teams. We're going to try to be the first to market with it. And uh, we're super excited about what it's looking like. Plus, these people are going to be able to make a bunch of money. And uh, and we're going to give it all to them. Yeah. You know, we're doing fine. Thank you. We want to help unbelievably good people do well for clients and to see that. lived out in their family. And they won't leave you. You know, if, oh, if, no. if anything oh. comes back, we've talked about this 20, 30 mm-hmm. minutes ago, whatever it was, those people, the nines and tens aren't going to leave you. I don't know if anyone tied that correlation there, but <laughs> like, we're going to take care of the people that are take, that have already taken care of us because we've built that. We've built that right there. And that's so, so, so important. All right. Last one. Absolutely true. Yes, sir. What is a tip, a tactic, an actual item? And you've given several already, Mm -hmm, but what's mm -hmm. one last one that if someone implemented that over the next 30, 60, 90 days, they'd see a real impact on their personal or business life? Yeah. Atomic Habits uh, was built off of uh, the book that came out, The Power of Habit, which was built off a book called The Power of Full Engagement. That's the one that started it all. In the power of full engagement on page, I believe it's 187. And this is not at the beginning of the chapter. It's not at the end of the chapter. It's not even a chapter heading. They talk about a uh, a research project that was done uh, because people said, I'm going to do something, but they didn't do it. First thing that they had is college students who said, I am going to uh, exercise and lose weight. So they break them down into two groups. Okay, you guys say you're going to exercise and lose weight. That sounds great. Here's all of the campus information about how to get to the gym, et cetera. The other group, the other 50%, they take into a room and they say, uh, okay, what exactly are you going to do to get better and lose weight? And then 
And here's the key. Are you ready? Where's the exact place and the exact time that you're going to do it? The people who said, I'm just going to lose weight, about 30% of them did. In the other group, it was over 80% of them did. Okay, then they went on to experiment number two. This had to do with ladies who had high risk of uh, breast cancer. So they were from high risk backgrounds in breast cancer. And they said, um, you have to do your self-examinations in the shower. This is, this is super important. You're at high risk. Will you do this? The lady said, yes. And they said, okay, where's the exact place and the exact time? And they would say, Tuesday, taking a shower when I'm doing this. Okay, great. So they did it. Uh, again, it was about the same, about 50% of the ones who uh, they put, they just said, okay, go do it. They did it. A hundred percent of the other group did it when they said the exact time and the exact place. And those two don't make me cry. And I'm going get, to get through this last one without crying because I've told the story so many times, but I have a sister who's been in and out of prison, drug addict on meth. The last one they did with drug addicts. And they, they said, let's find somebody who have no self-control whatsoever, because all of us say we're going to go do something great. Uh, okay, but then we don't do it. Why? Well, something else came up. My friend called me and said, do you want a bowl of ice cream? And that was a whole lot better than going for a jog, you know, that type of thing. Okay, this last group, these are drug addicts in recovery. When are you going to take this drug that's going to help you to get off those other drugs? And you have to do a resume to apply for your first job. And they said, okay, half of the drug addicts, they're going to do it. They said, here's when we'll do it. The other half, they said, where's the exact time and the exact place? Of the ones who said we would do it, none of them, zero of them worked on their resume, came up or did the pro finished the program. Of the others, 85% of people with zero self-control did it when they were asked, what's the exact time and the exact place? The reason that makes me cry is my sister, being one of those, started saying, where's the exact time and the exact place? She's doing fantastic. She's out of jail. She's been clean for eight years. I am so proud of her, but I used to just bawl when I tell this story because I know the power of it. And so all of us, even as entrepreneurs, even at your level, Brandon, when you say, okay, I got to get this stuff done. If you say, here's my checklist or the things I want to do. If you do two things, number one, block it in your calendar. Don't have it just on a, a goal list, but you put it in your calendar and then just put exact time, exact place. What they discovered is those people, I'm supposed to check my breasts and do my self-examination. And they said, my exact time and my exact place was Wednesday at eight o'clock. They didn't do it then. They forgot. But it triggered something in their brain. Oh, no, I was supposed to do that yesterday. I've got to go ahead and do it. You trigger your brain to help you be more successful in your habits if you will choose the exact time and the exact place that you're going to do something. Man, I, I don't think we could leave it on a better note. Time and place. And place. Yeah. You choose those two, the chance of you doing it goes way up and then your success goes way up. And then they're going to find the success finder. They're going to find the right mastermind and their life will be better forever. Ah, th 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 thank you for throwing that one in there at the end. And I can tell any, anyone listening, where can this, where, where can this actually go into your life? It can go into your mm -hmm. personal life. I can tell you it has done wonders for me and my family. When I have a time and place, your business yourself because if you if you aren't right then the family and the business and other things just don't work in that triangle right there so time and place super easy yep. super simple but you, you got to pull that trigger on there we have got the founder of leadertribe.com and streamlinepodcast.com dr rob mcclellan 
Robster, much, thank you much so much. Uh, for all you and your guests, it is uh, truly a, a pleasure. Uh, Brandon, I think it's because of our affinity and you're such a good friend that anytime I can serve you or any of the people in your tribe, uh, have them contact me. And as long as they say, Brandon sent me, uh, consider it done. I'll make sure that they're successful. I appreciate it. Great, big love to you, your family, and everyone around you. Thank you. Much love. I'm out. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.